there said, I want to give this to Harold Watkins uh, because of so much that, you know, this church has done for him. So. <laughs> it, it didn't work. didn't work here. It's got to be in Africa. Thank you. It's, it's an African thing. <laughs> but uh, look at all of these electronics up here. I'm preaching from a thing that has a bite of an apple out of it. <laughs> if I ever went to Africa with all this in front of me, the witch doctors would attack me. <laughs> wow. Uh, Daniel Ochoke, I-, I was telling pastors... We've just sent him to Bible school, which is a rare thing to happen to Amasa, or even to happen in Kenya. But, you know, he lives remote, but we've covered his tuition and uh, expenses, and, and so he, they, he texts me all the time from Africa to here. And he recently sent me a text, and he said, of all the things that you've done for me, Dad, he calls me Dad, uh, water project, church structures, greenhouses... I've helped him build a house. He said, but of all of the things you've done for me, the greatest thing you've done for me is send me to Bible school. So, I mean, isn't that awesome? We're hoping and planning and trusting that we'll be able to send more Masa, especially our pastor leaders, because, uh, you know, they have no foundation whatsoever. Many of them heard the gospel the first time from Michelle and I. So, obviously, there's not much of a foundation. But the good thing is they have no foundation. <laughs> So, you know, we don't even know what a religious spirit is. (laughs) I mean, we kill them before they come. (laughs) Well, let me get all this out of the way. We do have an app. You can go to your app store and uh, type in Don Babin and get the app. I hope I said that right. My son trained me. You can can also follow us on Facebook, and you can go to our website, donbabin.com. Well, I have so much to share, you know. Uh, we've been in Africa now for eight years. And uh, for those of you that have never heard, or we've never been to Africa before this, we, uh, I preached a message that I wanted, I wanted to go where people were hungry for Jesus. You know, I'd preached in the United States for 30-something years. And, uh, and it was like, well, I just want to go where people are really, really hungry, you know. I mean, Really? <laughs> Uh, you know, we just have so much here. We have so much of everything. We have so much food. We have so much water. We have so much cars. We have so much clothes. We have so much church. We have so much all that. And uh, so God said, well, you know, go to Africa. And we went to Africa and never been there and got in a vehicle with somebody that we never met and drove out in the middle, literally uh, in the middle of nowhere. We were hours off-road, no road. And, uh, and it was a drought, five-year drought, and, uh, in the Rift Valley. And, uh, and I, we laid in this strange place, a house, if you want to call it that, burning up, a little mosquito net. The bed was, you know, maybe so wide for both of us with a mosquito net and everything falling on the mosquito net and sweating. And I said, okay, God, well, here we are. So tomorrow we're having an outdoor crusade. So what do you want me to say? <laughs> Which is pretty much how I operate. 
you know, Michelle says, you ought to have a plan. It's like, why? I always miss it. <laughs> so it's just better just to show up and it's like, okay, here we are. And, and it works. So far it has. <laughs> so here we are and I'm going, well, God, what do you want me to say? I mean, I, I never read a book on how to be a missionary. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm out here because you told me to come here. And so here I am. I don't even know where I am. And if I had to go home, I wouldn't know which way to go. So here we are. And there's going to be a crowd of people in this village out in the middle of nowhere. So here I am. What do you want me to say? And I heard this voice inside and it said, tell them the drought is over. So I said, okay, God, tell me what you want me to say. (laughs) I know you've done that too. I know. (laughs) But it doesn't work with God. (laughs) So, you know, I'm just kind of like, okay, I'm listening, God, you speak. Well, I don't think God repeats himself. I think it's more of an echo. And so I just keep hearing this echo. And it's like, now I'm tossing and turning, which there wasn't a lot of room to do that. And, uh, and so I'm just like, gosh, I, I got to get this echo out of my brain because I don't know these people. They've been in a drought for five years. The Masa are hanging themselves because they've lost all their cattle. They're shepherds. They have sheep, goats, and cows. And they're hanging themselves. There's carcasses of cows everywhere. I mean... There's a spirit of oppression and depression in the air. It's the worst drought that they've experienced, that generation had. And, like, and then God says, well, tell them it's over. It was like, you know, well, that's easy for you to say. I mean, you're God. You know, I'm just a little nobody out here, you know. And uh, so I argued with him all night, and pretty much I won the argument that I wasn't going to say anything. And it was like God was okay with that. You know, he still loved me. But I kind of settled it, and I, I tried to work up a couple of things. And I got up to preach, and the anointing gets on you. And, you know, you really, when you get anointed, it's like, uh-oh. <laughs> so this anointing gets on me. I have a translator, and I holler out, the drought is over. And I go, oh, shut up. <laughs> now you've said, well, then the guy repeats it. You know, my translator. And I say it again. And I'm thinking in my mind, maybe he got it wrong the first time. But now you've said it again. Well, they start shouting and clapping and dancing in the streets. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. I mean, we have done it this time, God. <laughs> and, uh, but from that day, every village I went to, it started raining. 100%. And the drought broke. And the rift valley started flooding. And so they're texting me, saying, we're flooding. And it's like, don't blame me, look. (laughs) Text God. (laughs) You know, I mean, I didn't do anything. Well, now, of course, the mice, I think, I'm rain man. So anytime there's a drought, they'll go, we're taking you to this village that are in a drought. And I go, no, 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 it doesn't work that way. You know, I I didn't make it rain, but, you know, they don't see that. They just say there's a white prophet, and everywhere he goes, it rains. <laughs> anyway, it's been kind of crazy. Listen, if you're here, I have to do this, and you're not saved. You don't know the Lord. You know, you're not absolutely positively sure you're in a relationship with God. I can help you to figure that out, okay? If you're in a relationship with God, you know it. Yeah. You know, there's no second guessing it. You know, like if you're sitting there and going, hmm, you're not saved. No, I mean, I'm being, I'm being honest with you. I mean, how does the God that spoke this unbelievable universe into existence live inside of you and you not know it? 
You know, the Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away and all things. How would all things become new and you not know it? <laughs> I mean, if everything becomes new in your life, you'll be the first one to know it. <laughs> then your wife or your husband. <laughs> and then your kids. <laughs> then your boss. You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you're totally changed, transformed. So if that's not happened to you, first of all, I don't know how you've made it this far. <laughs> really, thank God you're still alive. <laughs> I don't know how you've gone this far without knowing Jesus in the world that we live in today. Let me tell you, you need Jesus. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I need to convince you of that or not, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it other than this. Listen, you need Jesus. If you don't know it, just ask him if you need him. How about that? You want me to give you the answer? <laughs> so anyway, sometime in the service you ought to get saved. Okay? Really, you know, it's not a certain kind of prayer you need to pray. I've learned that because, you know, I was an evangelist in the United States, and then I went to Africa, and, you know, I thought there was a certain prayer, but I don't know their language. And they're transformed, so they must have got it right. I don't know what they prayed, but they got it right because they're changed, you know? I don't even remember what I prayed to get saved other than, God, I'm really in a mess because I was facing seven years in the pen. I was a drug addict, a criminal. God saved me. And now 107,000 professions of faith later, I'm still sharing the gospel. Isn't that awesome? So, I mean, it's, it's just incredible how God can take one person and, and use them. Do, do you know what I'm saying? In phenomenal ways. That's awesome. I, I want to show a picture. It has nothing to do with anything, but... <laughs> it's just my ADD kicking in. I have ADD, but I have high-definition ADD. <laughs> you know, it's ADD HD. High definition ADD. <laughs> Plus, I had sugar this morning in my coffee. <laughs> but, you know, we're supposed to be the salt of the earth, really. And I saw this the other day in a store. <laughs> I mean, it just freaked me out. <laughs> I mean, is this an oxymoron or what? <laughs> We're supposed to be the salt. It's no salt, salt. <laughs> so at the store, I told my wife, you just get an empty jug. <laughs> you just get the package. <laughs> I got to get off of that. I've been hung up on that front. My wife says, when are you going to drop it? It's like, I don't know. I can't. Would you buy some and put it on our table? <laughs> I really want that on my table so when I have guests over, you know, they'll think, he has flipped. He has no salt. Salt. <laughs> Here, do you want to put nothing on your meat? <laughs> oh, help me, Jesus. <laughs> anyway, if you're here and you're not saved, I hope you've already done that by now. <laughs> Really, you know, I've always, if I pastored for 14 years. It was like 14 years of purgatory. <laughs> Whew, when I said pastor, my heart skipped a beat. <laughs> 
Sometimes I have these terrible flashbacks. But anyway, <laughs> when I pastored, I used to always think, why do we give the invitation at the end? <laughs> you know, why not get them saved before church starts? That way they can enjoy it. It's like, okay, no, you can't get saved yet. Just sit there and suffer. <laughs> and when I'm done, you can have your turn. <laughs> you know, and so, I don't know. You know, it's like, so just get saved. I mean, we've seen 100,000 100, plus saved, and nobody has written me a letter and said, you know, man, I'm sorry I did that. <laughs> I want you to know my life has been miserable ever since then. I want to get lost again. <laughs> so I don't think you're going to be the first one. So, you know, just try like, help me God, save me Jesus. Something like that. Okay? Let me tell you some stuff that's been going on. You know, I don't think of myself, and I'm not any different than you. I'm really not. I mean, I worry like you worry. I freak out, you know. I get mad at my wife sometimes. Sometimes she gets mad at me, if you can imagine that. <laughs> We have monkeys in Africa at our apartment, and you're not supposed to feed them, but <clears throat> I thought I would. <laughs> I mean, there's not like a law. It's just don't feed them because they tell other monkeys. <laughs> so, we, you know, we went to one to a bunch at our kitchen window, and you can't leave your window open because if they get in your house, they just tear it up, so... I'm in the other room, and one of our monkeys was trying to get in the house, and I'm sitting in the living room. My wife is in the other room, and she screams out, In Jesus' name, get out! <laughs> and I'm thinking, God, what did I do now? <laughs> I don't know if I should leave or go in there and ask her what I did wrong. <laughs> but I found out it was a monkey. Hallelujah. I don't know if he left, but he was smart. <laughs> But, you know, when we went to Africa, man, God did more to us than we'll ever, ever do for Africa. I mean, I mean, he redid my theology, and he redid me. I mean, I just completely undone. <clears throat> when you get over to a people group that is the poorest people group I've ever seen, little kids sometimes don't have pants, they don't have water. Water is hours away if not days away so they can't take baths and they smell their clothes are dirty and most of them have never seen a white person so the little kids run they really do they just run from us so we get candy and after a while they want the candy bad enough to get a hug and uh, so we just fell in love with them and <clears throat> I'm just a, I'm just a nobody just a guy out in the middle of the bush of Africa talking about Jesus and And we see people healed. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, it really is. I mean, we see incredible miracles. This is a lady. We were at a church, uh, Tom and Cynthia Brand. This, is, this lady here, she came up to the front. I said, if you want to get prayed for to be healed, come to the front. She comes up, and you could see her hand, and it dropped. It was a completely broken wrist, and her hand was down here. <clears throat> and she was holding it. And uh, I have a translator, and she says, I need healing. <clears throat> Well, you know, you'd think, you know, after all the healings we've seen, it's, oh, that's nothing, let me pray for it. <laughs> I go, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm just telling you, I'm just being real. It's like, wow, I mean, 
it's really broke bad. <laughs> I mean, this isn't like maybe it's just swollen and, you know, we could pray for it and a couple of days of swelling would go down. <laughs> I mean, this is broke. So I just reach over and I say, you know, I always think this in Africa. God, I'm here. I'm just obeying you. So in Jesus' name. And immediately I saw it straighten out in front of my eyes. And uh, that's her. And that's her broken hand. And she's waving it in the air. And everybody's shouting. And I'm going, wow. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, I'm sitting under a tree. And and I hear this voice in my head. That same one that told me the drought was over. And I'm sitting under the tree. You'd think I'd come to recognize the voice. I'm sitting under the tree. And there's 200 Maasai dancing. And, I mean, you know, this is what church is like over there. So, uh, you know, we meet under a tree. And, uh, and I hear this voice that says, I healed them all. Being spiritual like I am, walking with God for 30-something years, I said, yeah, but you're not here. <laughs> I'm sorry for just being honest. It's like, well, if you were here, you could heal them all again, but it's just me. <laughs> but I knew what God was saying, and I hear the echo, and it's like, golly, I know what you're saying, Jesus. So I get up, and... And I go, Jesus healed them all. So if you're sick, just come to the front. He's going to heal all of you. Well, you know, they live in poverty. So half of them come to the front. A hundred people are standing there. So I get my translator and I go to the first one to pray for him. It's like, okay, Jesus, it's all up to you. And I say, what's wrong with you? And she says in my side, I'm blind. I go, oh, way to go, God. <laughs> You know, why don't we start like with a runny nose? You know what I, mean? I mean? We could work up to the blind eyes. I mean, I'm just telling you how I'm thinking. It's like, you know, no, not you, God. You're going to start with a blind lady. You know, and, and part of me wanted to say, you wait there, I'll be right back. Like she's going to go somewhere. You know, I'll work my way back to you. But I hear this voice in me saying, pray for her. So I'm just being obedient, okay? I don't understand 90% of what God tells me to do. Believe me. And so I just say, you know, God, in Jesus' name, heal this lady's eyes. And she screams, and she's saying stuff in my side. And everybody starts shouting and dancing. And I say, well, what is she saying? I can see, I can see. And God healed her eyes. And so immediately, everybody else in the front was instantly healed. And I thought, wow, that's the way to do it, God. I mean, wow, I'm glad I thought of that. So we, now we go show the Jesus film at night. They've never seen a movie in their life. It's in Masai. And so the Masai come up to him. We put it on the side of our truck. We put these big horns up and it blasts across the bushes of Africa. And for an hour, you see these little lights coming from everywhere. We'll start with 20 and end up with 400. Wow. <laughs> and uh, we'll see 300 saved wow. in one night. And... Uh, at the end of it, I'll just say, if you're sick, stand up. Well, you know, 200 stand up. And I say, now, <clears throat> there's a part of your body that really hurts because I want to make sure that we don't miss anything. <clears throat> Can I drink this? Oh, it's gone. No, I mean, I don't mind because you wouldn't believe what I drink in Africa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can literally see through this. <laughs> but... Uh, 
So I just say, now, you know, there's a part of your body that's really hurting because I want them to, I want to be clear. I don't want them to get anything fake. And, uh, and so they stand and I just pray in Jesus' name and everybody sit down. Now, if something changed in your body and you know something changed, stand up. All 200 of them stand. And we'll pick some of them out and they'll say, I came, I couldn't walk on this leg. Instantly healed. <clears throat> and we see that all the time in Africa. And so it's like, wow, this is really... You know, I mean, it blows my mind, okay? Not that I'm anything special. I'm like, it's like, it's like really fun serving Jesus that way. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? It's like, it really adds a whole, instead of just, you know, knowing theology, it's really cool to experience the kingdom. And so we can see the kingdom coming in all these places and healings and signs and wonders and miracles. And it's a daily thing. I mean, you just walk in it. It becomes... And I hate to say this, it becomes a, you know, now we show up. I mean, we just know people are going to get healed. But, you know, it didn't happen here in the U.S. Until recently. <laughs> Something shifted in our life, in our ministry. And I was in Florida, and a lady came up to me, and she said, my husband has stage 4 cancer. This was just recently. Uh, could I stand here in proxy, and you pray for him? And, you know, I'm not too much on this theological. I said, why proxy? God knows he's not here. I mean, it's not like you're going to trick him. <laughs> Let's act like I'm him. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hope I don't mess anybody up. I mean, you can believe that. And that's okay. God, you know, God does things in spite of us. I'm sure he's in heaven going, this is crazy. Now they got a new belief. <laughs> And so I said, but I'm going to go, I'll just pray for him if you don't mind. And, and instead of me praying for you through him, I'll just pray directly for him. I said, but my anointing is in Africa. <clears throat> I mean, we see thousands of people healed, miraculous, phenomenal healings, broken bones, blind eyes, and all kinds of stuff. But I'm going to go in just in obedience and pray for you that maybe God will heal your husband. So I prayed for him. I left. I get an email about two weeks later. She said, <clears throat> Uh, when I went home, my husband said he felt good. He felt so much better. And two weeks later, we had a, a visit with his doctor. He's absolutely cancer-free. Stage four cancer. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, you know, we got like a little bit of the African anointing to Florida. <clears throat> That's exciting. But now all of a sudden we're seeing it's just starting to like it's like really freaking us out in a cool way. Now everywhere we're going, we're just seeing these phenomenal healings. Uh, I pastored. <clears throat> and when I did, <clears throat> there was an old hardcore construction worker, big guy, massive guy. He didn't want to go to church. He didn't care about God, but I liked him. So I'd go have coffee with him. I'd have lunch with him sometimes. and I'd tell him about Jesus. And, his, and he was just a big, man, I just don't know if I'm into all that God stuff. And I go, well, I just wanted to hang out with you. <clears throat> he never got saved, never came to our church. He sent me a text three weeks ago. And he said, hey, Don, how are you? And I thought, well, somebody hacked his email. Because it's just, Ben doesn't do that. Ben doesn't care how I'm doing. <laughs> so I didn't even answer him. Then he sends me another one. And it's like, well, it's Ben. So I go, Ben, how are you? He goes, my body's eaten up with cancer. I've been on chemo. They give me, I have it. I have the text in my phone. I saved it. 
They give me less than a year to live. I said, well, I'm going to pray for you, to God, for God to heal you. He said, man, please do. So I started, my wife and I started praying for him. I get a text, I think it was last week or something like that, just a few days ago. And he said, I went to the doctor. I want you to know, I have no cancer whatsoever in my body. Is that cool? And then he texts me back and says, but I've had so much chemo, they think it damaged my heart. And I go, what? He just healed you of cancer. So I said, if he can heal your cancer, your cancer I'm sure he can help your heart. <laughs> So I know, and he told me the other day he felt great. So isn't that awesome? And then last week, I was at a church, and uh, this anointing's just been like it's going to happen here too, by the way. But uh, <clears throat> I'm in this church last week, and, you know, God drops these things on my heart. I, I think it's words of knowledge. It's like such and such. Well, I showed up at this church last week, and I kept hearing this word about a body part to be healed. And so Sunday morning, I keep hearing that echo. And it's like, oh, God, you know, I don't want to get up in front of everybody and say that. And they're not there. And you know, I'm going to look like an idiot. <laughs> so I didn't do it. <laughs> so Sunday night, man, God just, the echo was louder all day. So Sunday night, it's like, man, maybe they're there. So I apologized to the church. I said, man, I'm sorry, but, you know, if you're here, I don't want you to hurt anymore. And that's really why God wants to heal you. It doesn't cost you anything. He's not asking you to get saved for it. You know, he just, he doesn't want you to hurt. So God wants to, and I called that body part out. And the lady stood up and she said, it was feet. And it was the, her feet were hurting terrible. And so I prayed for her and she was instantly healed. And she couldn't hardly walk. And she was running up and down the stairs to the stage. I mean, and shouting, man, I'm healed, I'm healed. She was healed of rheumatoid arthritis. <sighs> One guy came up to me and and, uh, and he said he was taking 240 hydrocodones a month for back and shoulder. He was healed instantly, came to church the next night and said, I woke up, I forgot to take my pain medicine. I was delivered of addiction and I have no pain in my body whatsoever. <laughs> so isn't that cool? You know, it's like a little piece of heaven because we're not going to be sick in heaven. <laughs> Because there won't be any doctors there. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but you know, the Bible says, Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth, just like it is in heaven. So we want that to come to earth, just like it, there's no sickness in heaven. So I tell the mindset all the time, I found the answer for poverty. Because they're very poor. I mean, they don't even eat sometimes, many times for days. You know what the answer for poverty is? Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. If you're poor, it's because you're not seeking first. Maybe second, maybe third, maybe none. See, the answer for poverty is not food drops. The answer for for poverty is to seek the kingdom first and He'll provide everything. For real. I didn't say it. I mean, I wouldn't believe it if I said it, but since he said it, you ought to put a little bit of belief into that. So the answer for poverty is seek first the kingdom of God. If you look at it in context, he's talking about food and clothing and stuff like that. That's the context of it. You know, the birds don't gather and do all that stuff. And look at the lilies of the field. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, all these things, all of these things. Ask the Masa, how many of y'all have all of these things? And they all just stand there. I go, I know why. You're not seeking first the kingdom. 
I mean, the first thought in my mind is, what if they do seek first the kingdom? How are they going to get it? That's not my problem. <laughs> well, it's not. That's God. I don't know how he's going to do it. But I believe the word is true. If we'll seek first the kingdom. Amen? Let me share something with you out of the word. I, I just, You know, <clears throat> I get hung up on stuff. I don't know if it's my ADD or sugar or, or the Holy Ghost. But uh, if you get my app, I do these little things, a thought for the day, something to think about. And I'm uh, reading through the Bible, and I came to this, and it's like, it just, you know, have you ever had those things just jump out and you can't shake it? And I've just not been able to shake this. This has been going on for quite a while. My wife is really praying that I find something new. <laughs> it's like, you know, you've shared this with me before. I go, I know, but look, baby, you, are you getting it? <laughs> Bow your head, close your eyes. <laughs> So this thing has just been on me. So, you know, uh, I don't know if I'm just obsessive compulsive or I had a revelation. <laughs> but listen to this. Listen, this is so cool. In Mark chapter 1, the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. This is the beginning of the good news, the beginning of the gospel about Jesus. And he says, as it's written in the, uh, Isaiah the prophet, in other words, Isaiah prophesied about Jesus coming. How cool would that be? How would you like to be one of those announcers? Hey, y'all, guess what? What you've been looking for for thousands of years, it's coming tomorrow. Would that be awesome? To be able to announce the coming of Christ. And so it says, let, let, so here's the prophecy that Isaiah said. I will send my messenger ahead of you. So he's saying, Jesus, uh, before you show up, I'm going to send a messenger before you get there. Who's going to prepare your way? Uh, my first thought was, you know, he doesn't need anybody. <laughs> but he wants to use people. <laughs> so he said, so before this great news shows up on the earth, there's a messenger that's going to get things ready for you to show up. And then it says, a voice of one calling in the wilderness. A voice of one. Wow. One voice. Wow, I would think that for the preparation of the coming of the Messiah. It would be a, a multitude, an army of voices preparing Jesus. Wait, no, 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 no. One. <laughs> it's like God is saying, I just, I just, I just need one. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting out of that way. I do. You're looking at me like my wife. Just one. Or you get just one. The voice of one. Do not underestimate your single voice. Your voice makes a significant difference in the kingdom of God. You're one voice, even though you're sitting there, some of you are thinking, uh, who am I? Have you looked at John the Baptist? 
I mean, why do you think he picked such an oddball? Why not a priest wearing the priestly garments? No, it's a guy that ate bugs. <laughs> he wore weird clothes. He looked strange. It's like God is saying, listen, I can take something weird and use it to prepare the way of the Lord. I can use you or a Don Babin or a Harold and Mary Lou. Listen, it's not about you. It's just, are you willing? I mean, really, we underestimate God. What God can do with one voice. One person, the Apostle Paul, wrote the majority of the New Testament. One donkey carried Jesus into Jerusalem. One man with one jawbone takes on a thousand soldiers. One King David transformed Israel and Judah. One person, just one, just one, one Moses. One little nun in India. Mother Teresa. (laughs) One. And you're that one if you know the Lord. You're the one. It doesn't take somebody that can get up here. It really doesn't with God. You know, God used a rod. He used the jawbone of a donkey. (laughs) And when he can't find somebody to be a voice, he uses the donkey. Come on, y'all. Give God a little bit more credit. Come on, just give Him a little bit more credit. Just one voice crying out. Do you know where He was crying out? In the wilderness. Wow. (laughs) See, that's why I was looking at this. I'm going, look where He was, baby! In the bush! Isn't that cool? You know, the wilderness in Bible days was known as a place that where most of the demons and evil spirits were. It's a place of darkness. It was. That's why, you know, when demons were cast out, they would go to dry places. You thought that was Vegas. <laughs> but they go to the bush. You see, that was a dark place in the minds of a Jew. And see, God sends His voice to the darkest places. See, the light is brighter when the darkness is greater. Did you know that? That's why Jesus said, light will shine where? In the darkness. Yeah, because it doesn't shine in the light. No, if I turned on the light, you wouldn't know it was on. What difference would it make in this room if I had a flashlight? But light shines in darkness. See, the greater the darkness, the brighter the light. (laughs) And so God sent Michelle and I to a dark, dark place. Listen, they got, you know, labones, which are, they're they're the the witch doctors of the Maasai tribe. (laughs) I think I have a picture of one. That's a Labon. He's my great friend. Man, I love him. He's a great guy. 
Uh, when I first started, there's an area in Africa called uh, Loita Hills. It's the hotbed of where the witch doctors live. There's like 300 witch doctors there. It's documented the military went to take over their land. The witch doctors began to curse the military, and snakes and ants attacked them, and the military turned around. It's documented in Kenya. So they do have some kind of power of guardians. No big deal to God, but I know that light shines brighter there. <laughs> right? So I told my Maasai leaders, I said, take me to Loita Hills where all the witch doctors live. And they said, oh, no. <laughs> Pastor Don, it's not safe. I said, oh, it's very dark. We, we need to go there. And they said, well, missionaries have gone. They put poison in their tea. And if they drink the tea and don't die, then they listen to your message. I said, well, let's go drink a lot of tea. <laughs> <laughs> then they'll listen to us, you know. Give me another cup of that poison. <laughs> and so they took me reluctantly our first trip. And, and I met this guy and just, man, I just, you know, I know their language, a lot of their language now. So in the Maasai language, I told him, you know, Kandra Oling. That means I love you a lot. Ocho Leila, you're my friend. Kandra Oling, I love you so much. And they don't hug. They're not that kind of... And I'm hugging him, and he's like, you know, what is this white thing? <laughs> you know, he's hugging me. Just met me. He says he loves me, and I'm his friend. And we sit down, and he brings me tea, and I guzzle the tea down. You know, give me another cup of tea. Hallelujah, we're in the dark place. <laughs> he got saved. And so I go back, and he almost runs to meet me, which is very unusual for an older man, and he hugs me. He says to me, Andro Oling, I love you. Which is very unusual for their tribe. And uh, I said, do you know some more witch doctors? We need to go see him. He took me the president, the chief witch doctor of the 300 witch doctors. The most powerful witch doctor of Loyta Hills. So he takes me to him and I'm going in his hut. and I'm drinking tea with him and he's looking at a witchcraft book. And I look at it like, oh yeah, 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 okay. You know I mean? Because you don't want to offend him. I mean, I'm not afraid of looking at a witchcraft book. And I'm telling him about Jesus, and he comes to see the Jesus film. He's the first one to stand up, comes to the front, gives his life to Jesus, takes the microphone and says, I want every La Bone in Loyta Hills to meet the Jesus I met tonight. <clears throat> the next day, they bring like, he brings like seven other La Bones and says, they need the Jesus I got. And so they got saved. And we just built a church. Uh, this is a church we just built for the witch doctors. <laughs> is that cool? So now we have like a witch doctor church. <laughs> and uh, one of our leaders was in, you know, it's a, it's a generational thing. The power is passed down from the oldest, you know, to the oldest son. And he got saved. And so he's the pastor of the witch doctor church. <laughs> God is so cool. <laughs> so uh, anyway, this is, it's just incredible to see that God could take the voice of Michelle and I. And we're literally seeing transformation of an entire people group. They're begging us to come to their area. Over a million Maasai. And they beg us, can you come to our area? Can you come to our area? We want you to come. I have a, I have a, a Maasai name. Oh, and so here's the truck, by the way. This is the, that's the truck y'all helped me get. <laughs> I don't know why we chose that picture. <laughs> but we were stuck. We get stuck. <laughs> Pretty rare because I'm teaching Timo to drive. And Timo's our assistant and, and he gets in the middle of the mud and stops. And, and he's, am I doing good, Dad? It's like, no. Why did you stop? 
<laughs> we need momentum. So when I drive, we're going like 60 miles an hour through the mud. It's like, hold on. Well, you know, you may end up on the floor, but we made it through the mud. Anyway, let me real quick, I want to pray for those that are here and <clears throat> that uh, need healing. Cause, uh, and I wrote on my app, I walked in, and when I walked in today, somebody came up to me. And uh, so all night, God's been saying, there's somebody here, it's their shoulder. Something with their shoulder, God wants to heal it. It's like shoulder and neck is what I was seeing. And also something with somebody's feet. And so when I walked in, somebody said, you know, they walk right up to me for no reason. And they go, oh, you just wouldn't believe my foot. And I'm going, oh, don't say it. <laughs> and then right after that, somebody comes up and goes, oh, my shoulder. And I said, which one? Left. I said, look in my notes. It says left shoulder. Oh, why did you say it? You know, I took the surprise away. <laughs> so maybe if you're here and, and maybe it's your feet. And I don't know why I thought this. I thought gout. But anyway, so if something with your feet, stand up right now. I'm not going to embarrass you or anything, but it's better to go home healed than to go home sick, okay? And somebody with their shoulder, it was a left shoulder. If it's your right shoulder, that's okay. Wow, wow. Shoulder. Amen. Are you ready to be healed? Isn't this cool? You know what? I was telling Harold last night. God doesn't want you to go home feeling bad. Amen. And you don't even owe him anything. Isn't that cool? I mean, I mean, you can go to the doctor if you want. But it's cheaper with Jesus. Amen. So I'm going to pray for you. I want you to touch that part of your body that hurts. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that you're here. God, you're as here as, as if you were here physically. That's how present you are. God, you're here in all of our hearts. You're here in our requests. You're here in our hurts and pain. God, you're here. Emmanuel. God with us. <laughs> with all of your healing and all of your power. And God, a shoulder or stage four cancer. Is no more serious than a common cold to you. <laughs> Not a challenge to you, God. So I thank you for glorifying yourself and for all of those shoulders and those necks right now, God. I thank you that you're touching those parts of their body. And healing has taken place in their body right now. All of those with their feet, whatever it is, with the gout, with, with some kind of arthritis, it doesn't matter, God. Right now, it's being healed in Jesus' name being healed in Jesus name if, if it was your shoulder I want you to move your shoulder I want you to move it as a testimony of healing and there should be no pain no pain move it test the Lord Just, it's okay amen no pain move it no pain amen wow somebody else move it come on what about your feet amen somebody's feet yeah it was your feet are they healed? There's no hurt anymore? No more pain? Amen. Hallelujah. What about you? Feet? Shoulder? Amen. Wow. The guy that was taking 240 hydrocodones had neck, back, and shoulder issues. Totally healed. Totally healed. So I contacted the pastor. I said, I'm just checking. Is he still healed? Yeah, he's still healed. <laughs> that's the thing about Jesus. You know, that's why I think you only need to get saved once. He doesn't need a redo. <laughs> Somebody else got healed over here? You did? What was wrong? Wow, and you move it. Is that cool? 
I mean, that's not just, I mean, come on. Wow. If you're not saved, just get saved. <laughs> Who else? How about you? Yeah. I think it's plantar fasciitis, but it feels good right now. What is it called? Plantar fasciitis. I thought you were speaking in tongues. <laughs> in Jesus' name, God, total, complete healing in the name of Jesus. Hey, right here. Shoulder, no more pain. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. What about you? Back? Can you move? Is it hurt? Is there no pain? Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. David, how about you? Wow, is that awesome? Now, let me tell you the almost awesome miracle is getting saved. So right where you're at, bow your head. You need Jesus. We're not going to embarrass you. You don't have to join the church or give a speech. Just pray this prayer. Say, hey, Jesus, save me right now. Save me and use my voice. Use me, God. I give you my life right now. With nobody looking around. If you prayed something like that, even close. Lift your hand right now. Let me see. You just now prayed and asked Jesus. Amen. Amen. Someone else. Quickly. Wave to me. Let me see. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Three, four. Somebody else. Somebody else. You prayed and asked Jesus to save you. Someone else. Amen. God bless you. I want to run out there and hug you, but I told you I wouldn't embarrass you. Someone else, you prayed to receive Christ. Let me see. Amen. Let me tell you, we're out of time, but you need to tell someone. You need to tell Harold or Mary Lou, I gave my life to Jesus today. It doesn't save you, but you need to use your voice today and let it out and tell someone you got saved. Harold. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand. Wow.